Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Weiner, but alongside Thomas Carinante. Uh, I was worried earlier in the week we might be catching the Phillies at the wrong time. Who wants to play an 0-3 defending NL champion? Well, maybe it's the right time. It's kept on kept on smacking the Phillies. Uh, that first game, Nestor Cortez's season debut, was a very obvious L, a schedule L, I would say. Oh, how many innings can Nestor give you? All oh, the Phillies are angry. They're motivated. They want to shrug off this bad Texas series. Nope. 8-1 win. Yankees won 8-1. Second game was as boring as you'll ever see. Third game was as clean a Garrett Cole victory as you will ever see. And that amounts to two out of three, a four and two start to the season, heading into a surprise off day today en route to Baltimore. Yankees rained out yesterday before the game against Philadelphia even started. Pretty sick way to start out a season and pretty tough way to start that out. One in five if you're the Philadelphia Phillies without Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins. Don't want to put too much salt in that wound, but it's the Yankees' job to win games and they did it. It's easy to tell who we're most impressed with so far. A couple trouble spots. We'll get to it all on the recap show. Uh, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a potential mailbag question. If you got it, put it in your review, please, and thank you. We are more than happy to answer those. And again, remember, five-star review, good. Four-star review, you might think it's good. It's bad. It does not do anything for us other than bring our rating down from five. You want to leave a four, you might as well just leave a nothing and give us a comment or tweet saying, hey, I was going to leave a four-star review. I think you guys do a four out of five-star show. Here are some things you can improve upon. Great. We love the feedback. Just don't drop it in the reviews. Uh, Very, very sad. Um, So, uh, and and again, please subscribe uh, to this channel if you have not. Uh, if you are, uh, you know, a fan of the video, if, if you want to give us a little thumbs up, smash that subscribe button, uh, please do so. Uh, there is no better time than the present. Uh, well, there's a better time than the present. We lost Thomas Carinante. Oh, he's back. Let's go. Um, Thomas, not if you hear me, holler if you're with me. Not great. Um, <laughs> I'm going to bring everybody's attention here um, as well while you're still listening, while we're waiting. Um, there's also an interview with Mike Greenberg of ESPN now up on the Yanks Go Yard channel. Um, and that's uh, very Yankees relevant. And obviously, Mike is there to promote his new book, uh, Got Your Number. And so there's a lot of historic number talk in that interview. But in addition to all that, and, and yes, we do get into the Aaron Rodgers jet stuff and the Lamar Jackson rumors. And I was sort of wondering when I recorded this last week, like, man, is this going to be irrelevant by the time it posts? Nope, because apparently no NFL team wants Lamar Jackson and no NFL team, uh, you know, the Jets and and Packers can't come together on Aaron Rodgers compensation in any capacity. Uh, Pretty weird. Uh, So uh, we're we're still waiting for resolution there. But Mike joined us to talk about 
um, you know, everything uh, Yankees related. It's a number related book. So not shocking that the team with all of these retired numbers that is petitioning the league to open up more numbers so they can take numbers off the backs of their manager and put them on players. They own the single digits. Jeter's best number two of all time. Babe Ruth, best number three. DiMaggio, best number five. Spoiler alert. Mickey Mantle does not win seven. But listen to Mike Greenberg talk it out on the channel, on the video. We'd very much appreciate it. Thomas Carinante, welcome back to the podcast. Do you have a special betting promo for the folks? When do I not? Uh, We got Masters Week this week, guys. Started this morning. Um, So if you head on over to DraftKings, DraftKings DraftKings.com, um, punch in the code Yanks Go Yard as a first time user. You bet $5 on any sport. You get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. Uh, we still got a hell of a slate of MLB. Um, we got NBA playoffs coming up in like a week. What is it? Does the playoffs start in, I think, next weekend or something? Um, play in so tourney first. Yeah, yeah. And then we got the playoffs in general. We got good times. Uh, if you're uh, comfortable now betting some MLB, I think we, uh, we're about to settle in. It takes a couple weeks anyway, but um, yeah, pop on over to DraftKings.com or download the app. Um, bet five dollars on any sport, get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets if your bet wins by punching in the code YanksGoYard.com. It's a minimum five dollar deposit and wager required. New customers only. Um, you must be twenty one and present in New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut. It's for the tri state area, um, and only if you're a Yankee fan. I don't think we uh, we uh, specified that. Actually, just kidding. If there's any haters on here, Mets fans, Red Sox fans, please join in on the fun. We want to know what you're betting. Um, if you have a gambling problem in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Uh, if you're in New Jersey, uh, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, if you're in Connecticut, call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. See full terms and conditions at DraftKings.com or in the description below. Folks, this supports the podcast. We love the help. We know you guys read a ton. We know you're tuning into this. You're listening to us. You're having a good time. Keep it going. We're going to build up the community, and the more help from you, uh, the better the product you get here. So happy betting. Yeah, if you uh, subscribe to the special offer, we promise you we'll make this product better. That's our guarantee. <laughs> we'll start We'll start trying. We'll start being good at podcasting and uh, write quality content. No, uh, we really much – we very much appreciate it. We really much appreciate it. The product is getting worse folks not better um we very much appreciate it um and we're more than happy uh, every time that uh, y'all drop in on the promo so uh shout out to everybody shout out to the listeners shout out to the commenters etc hell of a way to dominate the philadelphia phillies in a series where the yankees could have let up could have certainly lost this series it's early in the season i wouldn't have batted an eye look if they if they win that first game then lose that snooze fest in the second game then Aaron Nola outduels Garrett Cole. You're rolling your eyes a little bit. You're like, ah, I wish that hadn't happened. It. But you can see it. You're not pressing the panic button either. You're, you're probably trying to shut some people up. Uh, some, I mean, God, like Yankee fans, God love you. This team scored, what, five runs on opening day, uh, five runs the next day, six in the third game, eight in the fourth game. And then they were being shut out in like the fourth inning of game five. And somebody tweeted at us. Uh, I, I don't know what I even tweeted. It was about like the pitcher working out of a jam. And he was like, but when are you going to talk about this anemic offense waking up? And I was like, they scored five or more runs in the first four games. And the guy was like, yeah, today's today. Where's the offense today? And I was like, you guys are just the best in the business. It does not get better than Yankee fans. 
Uh, it also does not get worse than Yankee fans, but it, it's you guys when you guys want offensive supremacy every day. You want Glaber Torres hitting 490 instead of 420. I get it. I do get it. But <laughs> the Yankees managed to salvage a series that easily could have gone sideways, took two out of three again for the second straight series. You look at the Rays, who are undefeated. They had the Tigers and the Nationals. You look at the Red Sox, who are two and four. They had the Orioles and the Pirates. The Yankees have the upstart Giants, who are scrappy and annoying and are worse than the Yankees, but annoying team and the defending NL champions, and they managed to go four and two. I think that's pretty important and pretty noteworthy. And in terms of uh, who uh, you know captured our attention the most in this series, I think a lot of people are going to say uh Gleyber Torres is my number one and I, I think mm-hmm. that goes without saying that Gleyber Torres stealing five bags and drawing six walks and only striking out once in his first six games of the season uh no Yankee has walked six times and stolen five bases in the season's first uh how many they've played six games now in the first five mm-hmm. games yeah. I think he did that no Yankee's done that since Ricky Henderson uh it's remarkably impressive what he's done in a year where he wasn't even supposed to start the season with the team that said, I give uh, I'm putting him in the number two slot just because how long have we been complaining about seeing very good Garrett Cole, technical ace Garrett Cole, but no. not fire breathing. He's better than your ace Garrett Cole. And we've gotten the he's better than your ace Garrett Cole for the first two starts of the season. 12 and a third innings, 19 Ks, 0.892 whip, 0.73 ERA, 0.7 B war in two games and yesterday was uh take for me in new york city it's freezing cold it's disgusting spitting rain uh i went out after the game ended and i was like how the did these people possibly play a baseball game in this garrett cole's hitting 99 in the sixth and seventh inning of a baseball game played in 42 degree winter weather so he gets my hat tip at labor tour as a clear 1a and 1b situation yeah, I was uh, very impressed with Cole just because we I complain about him all the time when he's not delivering, um, and I know other fans get frustrated with him, so it's been great to see the dominance this early on. Um, I probably got to go with DJ LeMahieu, um, just because we need him to do what he's doing right now, hitting 300, OPSing over 1,000, um, sets the table for this team, um, I think has also helped someone like labor Torres because the offense has kind of just been moving along with the, the usual suspects. Aaron judge goes without saying um, Anthony Rizzo doing a great job as well. Um, um, Torres, obviously the number one. Um, I actually wrote something, which I think fans will call me an idiot for. Um, they've already batted him in five different spots in the lineup through the first six games. Um, Torres is kind of a guy who needs a consistent role situation. Um, we saw when he switched from second to shortstop, it didn't work. Um, we saw when he was dangled in trade rumors and the the information got back to him and it clearly affected his play. Um, now he's back situated at second base um, and he's hitting the ball well in the early going. Um, I'm not going to oppose what the Yankees are doing at the moment. It is a small sample size, however, um, so I think they do have to be careful. Um, I don't want them jerking him around the lineup. If you look at his splits, actually, um, he's best in the five or the six hole, career-wise. Um, his rookie year in 2018, I think it was, 
Um, he got he got like 50 games in the nine hole and he was doing so well that he eventually got pushed up um, and he got uh, most of his reps after that in the number five and six spots. Um, and then the seasons after he's bounced around the lineup, but you see in there the five and six spots are the absolute best um, for him. So I just want them to be careful. Um, I want everyone to take note of that because when the time comes and there's a bad month and he's batting leadoff and then he's batting seventh and then he's batting cleanup, um, I just don't want them messing with his head because he's clearly a player who uh, the mental aspect of the game is is uh, is important for him. Um, but yeah, DJ LeMayhew, my number one, he needs to keep doing this, set the table for the offense. Um, and uh, the more he gets on base, the more pressure is applied to the pitchers, the easier it is for Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton, and everybody after that. So um, shout out to the bullpen too. Shut it down. I love when they shut it down. We get clean innings. We don't have to stress. Um, so, yeah, let's get it next series. Come on, boys. <clears throat> I mean, Clay Holmes shut me up in this in this series. Clay Holmes was yeah. uh, dirty, disgusting in, uh, in yesterday's game. Again, um, I, I don't think the Yankees are getting enough credit for winning yesterday's game. Uh, people afterwards are just going to look at it and go, oh, great Garrett Cole start. You know, bullpen was good. Phillies are struggling. Loisaga, Holmes, the guys are supposed to lock it down. Nice job. Again, the weather was crazy. That game should have probably, like, obviously the ball doesn't carry in the wet weather, but no defensive miscues in a game where, like, Anthony Volpe made two weird little plays in Tuesday's game. And I'm not concerned, no. and I don't care, but he's getting his sea legs under him. He made, uh, you know, turned a double play into a force out, made an athletic play to get the out at second. Mm -hmm. Then again, on a hot shot later, as you know, the stuff went wrong for him the day prior. He didn't carry it over into that game at all. You didn't see any fielding miscues from anybody. And then, all right, so Jose Trevino, uh, <clears throat> it's 2 nothing. Garrett Cole sailing along. Uh, final batter of the game, he asks to face one more batter. And on a full count, he doesn't get to make the pitch. Pitch clock violation, automatic walk. <laughs> he comes out, Loisega comes in, single through the hole, hit by pitch in the back. Alec Bohm drilled. Bases are loaded with one out. Two pitches later, Jake Cave on the next pitch deposits one in a deep left. It's a sack fly. Yankees are lucky that was caught 2-1. Next pitch, Josh Harrison rips one down the line. IKF stops it, shuffles, ballets, steps on third for the out because Josh Donaldson's hurt, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Huge play. Next half inning, Trevino homers, two-run shot, 4-1. Okay, now the game's over. Not really. Because Jonathan Loisega gave up a homer to Schwarber on a ball that found the barrel at 89 miles an hour down the middle. Terrible pitch. Gets out of that inning. Glaber Torres leadoff double, steals third. IKF and the buddies leave him there. Third base, no outs, doesn't score. 4-2 going into the ninth. Wet weather, momentum in the Phillies' direction. Clay Holmes, 3-2 count to start it off. Finds the bottom of the zone, called strike three. Strikeout, strikeout. But it wasn't that easy. It no. was wet. It was cold. Momentum was going in the other direction. And Clay Holmes came in and dominated. Yeah, that was nice to see. And it's never really easy. It's tough. You're like you like we said, we're playing the NL champion Phillies. Um, I think we're a little bit fraudulent. Um, I think they're good. I just don't think they're super, super threats. I think they got hot at the right time, but you know, now they re-upped with Trey Turner. Um, they're waiting on some guys to get back. Um, nonetheless. It's still a lineup full of guys. You like to see the bullpen kind of handle their business. Um, 
especially because we are uh, we are uh, traumatized by all of the the previous bad bullpen performances over the last few years. Um, what are we moving on to now? We're gonna we're gonna hit Volpe. We're gonna hit Aaron Hicks. I don't know. How do we? Can we hit Aaron Hicks? Can we hit Aaron Hicks? I I don't really I don't want to talk Volpe again. I think like let's wait till the fan base actually scorns him before we say that he should be worried about the fan base turning on him. Like Aaron Hicks, Aaron Hicks, it's time. It's it's time. Uh, you you complain. Uh, you don't start to start the season. Good decision. The Yankees reward bad play. Uh, they, they don't reward bad play here. They don't start him. Then he complains to the media before game three. I don't know what my role is. I don't know, Aaron. I thought your role was to get hits and get on base, but you don't do that either. So maybe I don't know what your role is. Uh, Aaron Boone says, you know what? You get to start tomorrow. You want a mouth off? You get to start tomorrow. Uh, Ofer. He starts him again. Starts him the next day. Yeah. Not sure why. They go with uh, the like Donaldson Hicks IKF uh, murderers row in the middle of the lineup. Over again. So far, over seven, one walk and three strikeouts. He acknowledged the boos the other day. He said, "I know why I'm being booed. Me too." Uh, Aaron Judge did a captain thing when he was getting really booed in the boring loss. He, he walked in front of him by the bat rack so the camera wouldn't see him. And that's great. I'm glad his teammates want to protect him. But this is so beyond toxic. And it's it's terrible that we got from a place where the guy who was heroic in 2017, 18, 19, 18, a legit good player, 19, he ends that Twins game with a diving catch into the gap with the bases loaded. He plays through a torn UCL to hit a three-run home run off Justin Verlander. And now, just three years later, I'm going to blame the wrist. For sapping his strength, I think the wrist injury has had more of an effect than people want to admit. But that said, he has not exactly shown a winning mindset here and being able to shrug off his own uh, detrimental injuries and the overall difficulty of surviving in New York. It's worse than ever. And we're getting to a breaking point here. Yeah, I agree. I think we have to acknowledge most fans, more fans than not need to acknowledge that the guy's been through a lot with injuries, um, with the pressure of the contract. What are you going to do in that situation when a team offers you a seven-year extension worth $70 million? Of course you're signing it. You're not not going to sign it. Um, but it puts inherent pressure on you to perform. You have the injuries that 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 occur that clearly affect his game. Um because they were both long layoffs. You have Tommy John and you have wrist wrist sheath surgery. Um, whether or not you're really good at defense, it's going to affect your instincts out there being off the field for that long. Um, and then you have, you know, the prowess at the plate um, hasn't been sharp ever since either of those things. I don't know why. I don't know if that has to do with his approach. Um, you know, we talked approach with Gallo too over the last year that he performed poorly. Um I was thinking the whole time, why did you not change a single thing? Um, you saw how they, you know, they step up to the plate, the mechanics in their swing, um, how their lack of aggression kind of plays a role in their um, struggles. But at the very least, if you're going through all of this, you can't be opening your mouth like that. Um, if you want to, you know, not have to deal with more scorn from the fan base. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that, Aaron Hicks is fully to blame. If fans are booing me on opening day when I'm not even in the lineup, if fans are booing me at my first at bat in spring training, um, there's no doubt I'm going to feel resentment. There's no doubt I'm going to feel um, uh, like I need to get back at somebody because that's very frustrating, especially because you're going through what you're going through, trying to get back on track. Um, that said, he's got to know better to not say something in game three 
Um, he's got to know that he's got to know better about his role, whether the Yankees are communicating it to him or not. Um, he hasn't played well. Uh, he hasn't really been a leader um, in any sense of the word. Um, he hasn't been an integral player in a while. Um, he's having younger players outperform him, whether he thinks so or not. It's fairly objective when you look at the numbers. Um, so for a veteran who's been around for as long as he has saying these kinds of things and then not backing up the talk, um, it's adding fuel to the fire. It's giving the Yankees more of a reason to figure out a way to end this relationship. Um, at this point in the early going, seems like he's picked up right where he left off from last year. Um, and to me, in my opinion, which is what we were talking about all offseason, it's not even worth a spot on the bench. I think the bench spot should be for important players, whether it's a DH or a pinch hitter. Doesn't matter as long as that person is producing. Um, Aaron Hicks doesn't seem like he's going to be producing. Um, and now that the Yankees kind of have the out with um, Oswaldo Cabrera playing some outfield with Harrison Bader hopefully returning at the end of the month. Um, and now Franchi Cordero is someone that they might rather go with. Um, they probably have to figure something out sooner rather than later with Aaron Hicks because you don't want the fan situation boiling over. It got ugly in 2021. It got ugly last year. Why do you want to recreate this? Um, I understand Aaron Hicks is still under contract for a little while, but you know the Yankees can afford getting rid of that. Um, you got to end the toxicity. Uh, we saw various things affect this team over the years, whether it had to do with vibes, whether it had to do with something off in the locker room, clubhouse. We don't know what was going on, but we certainly don't need these renewed vibes in 2023 being interrupted by someone who's not really an asset or a core player of the team disrupting any of that. Yeah, um, it's over, right? Yesterday, they had a runner on first. They, they had a runner on first and no outs, and they let uh, Franchi Cordero... Uh, that's me. Sorry, folks. Setting a fire uh, they let Franchi. Yeah, there's a fire alarm. Why don't I just mute myself? Yeah. Um. Yeah. They they got some production from Franchi Cordero. He's playing right field. Uh, yesterday or the day before, guns the guy out at second base. Um, I don't know how excited I am about his bat, but it's clearly, I think, uh, at least a little bit more promising than what Hicks has to bring to well, the table. Well, yesterday. Lefty on lefty yesterday, they have Cordero up with a runner on first, no outs in the seventh inning, right? Yeah. Cordero, lefty on lefty, Gregory Soto's in, he's throwing 100 miles an hour. Aaron Hicks, uh, if he's if he's worth keeping on your roster, he pinch hits there. And that's and right. they were like, uh, they were like, uh, no, he's not an upgrade. We'd rather watch Frangie Cordero learn to bunt in real time rather than pinch hit Aaron Hicks. And like and and then like you'd think like oh whoever pinch hits here would have to be a defensive replacement for the next two innings. And they were like Aaron Hicks, yeah, not a defensive upgrade over all-time historic butcher Franchi Cordero, whose first Yankee game was spent uh you know grabbing a ball down the line and trying to throw a runner out at the plate and airmailing it so spectacularly that a Nestor Cortez caught it and cut down the runner at third. And B, you could just tell it's hard to tell where a throw is going out of the hand. Cordero released it, and you're like, that might go in the crowd. Like, that's not going to be caught by a guy on the field. And then luckily it was, and they turned it into an out and a, a crazy play. But that's who Aaron Boone was like, I'd rather have that guy in the outfield for the final two innings of a rain game at 40 degrees than Aaron Hicks. So that's how you know it's over. 
some fans have goldfish memories, and a lot of people are acting like Aaron Hicks was never good. Aaron Hicks was good, and yep. you liked him a lot in 2018, 2017, and for a good deal of 2019. Really good player. Took his walks. Power. Finally turned into that top 100 prospect pedigree in 2018, and it all clicked. But guess what? Now he's terrible, and a lot of fans are like, I'm not seeing the effort. And a lot of fans criticize effort. They don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I think yeah. it's fair to criticize his effort because I don't see it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, it 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 dates back, you know, the, to last year um, with everything that happened. Um, I don't know if he's turned a corner mentally um, in terms of what he dealt with, with um, the fan outrage during that Rays game um, and the fan outrage that's ensued after that. Remember. He was literally benched down the stretch during home games. He was played exclusively on the road. The Yankees were obviously trying to shield him from that, um, and they didn't want it affecting them. So, um, again, life moves moves fast in New York. I say it literally every other podcast. If he's starting the season 0 for 7 and whiffing the world, um, it's not a good start. It's It doesn't bode well. Um, you need to get off to fast starts in these types of situations to – um, to at least work towards acquiescing the situation. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. Um, and even if he is able to do that, I think there's still going to be some resistance from the fan base just because of everything that's happened. So it's a situation that I don't think is going to solve itself. And the Yankees just have to cut their losses as soon as possible. I don't know what that's going to look like, but they got to move faster than they, than they have the last couple of years. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life moves fast in New York, and if you move fast in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, you can bet $5 on any sport, get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins with DraftKings. As long as you use the code YANKSGOYARD, minimum $5 deposit, wager require, new customers only, 21 plus and present in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. In Jersey, call text 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. See full terms at DraftKings.com or in the description below. Thomas and I also have a, an offer for you if you're a Yankees reader. Oh, yeah. If you're a book fan, who isn't a book diehard? We have an exclusive offer on Marty Appel's newest book, Pinstripes by the Tail, Half a Century in and Around Yankees Baseball. Use the code YANKS25. At checkout on triumphbooks.com slash pinstripes by the tail. That's code YANKS25 for 25% off. Happy to give it to you. We'll tweet that out as well. We'll tweet the graphic after the show. Follow up with a response. But DraftKings promo and a book promo if you're a Yankee reader. Stay tuned for some author interviews over the next couple weeks as well. A couple other Yankees books coming out. Okay. Maybe you can connect. Connect those dots and, and stay active on the YouTube channel. I see some interesting content here. We bring you the content. We are the content fiends. Only shake up uh, after the first uh, six games of the season. 
Uh, only one more player has been lost to injury. Oh, great. We lost three-fifths of the rotation. We lost Harrison Bader. We lost several bullpen pieces. Although, apparently, Tommy Canley's rehab is going well, which is weirding me out. Uh, they okay. said on the broadcast yesterday he, he was given thumbs-ups in the bullpen session, and people are saying end of April. And, okay, great. Do you want to tell me that? That's great. I look forward to seeing mm. it. One more injury in the cold first six games of the season. It was Josh Donaldson, and he injured himself, his hamstring, running out a flyout yesterday. Walking, Wasn't running very walking hard. Out walking to first, his hamstring went off. Said a little soreness after the game. Got to get some imaging there. We'll have some severity coming up. I assume IKF won the gold glove at third base in 2020. He did. Yankees have an infield logjam with Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson has two hits to begin this season, one home run, a bunch okay. more strikeouts. I haven't considered him as big of a hole in the lineup as Aaron Hicks, but he has been. He's been quite bad. Um, yes. You remove that, theoretically, you get Glaber at second every day. You get DJ at third every day. You get Volpe at short. You get Stanton at DH uh, when hopefully the outfielders come back for now. You got to keep playing Stanton in right but maybe you get a little more IKF at third than you were expecting. That's not so bad either because, again, beat Gio Urshela out for the gold glove there, made a gold glove play yesterday. The bat is what it is, but he makes more sense at third than center field. Thomas, I'm having a hard time uh, coming up with much sympathy uh, for Josh Donaldson's injury. Yeah. Um, I mean, wish him well. Hope he's hope he can get help. It's nothing serious, but Maybe this helps the Yankee or out some sort of new infield formation. Again, this what's I this is what IF is supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be coming off the bench and filling in in these positions that he's able to play. He's not supposed to be an every player, in my opinion, at any of the uh, defensive positions that he has with. He is there to fill in. Pretty guy. He does a great job. He has the athleticism. He's need some help or when any other needs some help. You hear that, guys? He could be available at some point. So I don't know what, what's going to happen. Um, but uh, either way, this is exactly what he's supposed to be utilized for. Um, and even though he's 0 for 10 to start the season, even though Josh Donaldson has impressed at third base too and has been whatever with the bat, um, I don't see really a big that big of a difference here i do like the better off uh defensive alignment with dj at third with volpe at second with glaber at short um and then you still have ways to fix it in the event someone else gets injured or you want somebody off their feet ikf can fill in oswaldo cabrera can fill in whatever you need to do so the foundation is there um everything is there for the yankees to kind of make this work um I uh, once again, no, I, I don't think the, the script has flipped on anybody in terms of what Donaldson is or what he can be or what his role will be moving forward. Um, good, sure that he's here filling a void and can play gold glove caliber third base. Nobody's excited by the bat. I don't, uh, Aaron Boone is convinced he's going to have a good season. I don't think we're, I, I don't think we're approaching that whatsoever from an offensive standpoint. You've already seen the strikeout issues early on. Um, he's, still not being aggressive in the early going, um, leaving the bat on his shoulder way more often than you'd like. Um, so I think this at least gives the Yankees an opportunity to see what they have and what they might think could be better. Um, but either way, eh, you know, if they, if, if they're running into a situation where they got, got to get rid of somebody 
it's going to be Hicks. We're going to be stuck with Donaldson. They're not. They're probably not going to get rid of both. I don't know how you feel about that. No, there's no way they get rid of both. No. Um, it's it's th- this is the this is the closest you're going to come to them getting rid of Josh Donaldson. Yeah, is uh, Josh Donaldson self immolating and just being like, yeah, I can't walk anymore. Um, maybe I should have been running because yeah. I walked and and now my leg fell off and exploded. Um, yeah, this is the closest you're going to get. So, uh, let's see what it looks like. And then if it looks great, it'll be a bummer when he gets back. But Aaron Boone says, you got to be an idiot not to believe in the bounce back. And I guess I'm an idiot so far. Um, I I wanted to believe I really did. And and after he made those tangible changes this spring and hit that first home run, I was like, all right, I'm into it. I get it. Uh, but basically nothing since then. Uh, speaking of, uh, concerns so far, I do want to flag Michael King which, uh, you know, I'm not uh, not sounding alarm bells, just would have liked to see a better start here in a season where uh, he proved to be the team's most important reliever last year when he went down, everybody else went down with him. He had a fracture in his elbow, did not need Tommy John. That's great. Two outings so far, and the stuff is the exact number of ticks down it needs to be to make it hittable. Uh, the, the slider, the breaker is, instead of being completely devastating, Staying in the zone a little too long. Trey Turner, two-strike, bloop single on it. Yes, uh, two days ago, Kyle Schwarber, two outs, two strikes, runners on. Got a hit off King as well. Came in to try to clean up someone else's mess and couldn't do it. Ultimately didn't allow any of his own runs, but allowed four hits total in an inning and a third. Um, And he started this spring with good velocity. He was at 96 early in the spring. Started last year, 96, 97. Now he's down to 93, 94. He says the elbow feels fine. Great. Great. That's the most important part. But he doesn't necessarily know the cause of the dead arm. Maybe it's trying to give a little extra effort to get back to the place you know you should be. Maybe it's as simple as that mechanical issue. Maybe it's wear and tear from taking the time off. He needs to build up the strength. I don't know, but I would have enjoyed seeing him debut in 2023 all the way back and he's not all the way back. And I think it's fair to be a little bit concerned, not because he looks dreadful, but because of how essential a great Michael King is. Yeah. I'm not worried yet. Um, I always knew that this was going to take a little bit of time, fractured elbow. Um, Remember they're going from Florida to New York, very different weather. Um, You have to factor in the, the drop in temperature. Um, we're seeing injuries all over the place because of that in the early going last year, how many relievers went down because of shoulder tightness, because of forearm tightness, um, playing in these colder conditions, uh, coming off what Michael King's coming off. It was always going to take time for him to get back on track, whether the, I always figured that the velocity would come and go in the early going, um, because he's still waiting to get in a rhythm. He's still waiting to log those innings consistently. He's faced, you know, maybe faced with different high leverage situations um, that affects kind of your approach. Um, he's got to get reacclimated, um, and I think uh, to me the weather is the biggest factor. You're in New York; it's been cold, it's been rainy, the conditions haven't been favorable. Um, that's certainly not going to help, you know, loosen your arm or get you um, uh, get you a little bit more comfortable in your situations. We need to get. We need to get into the 60, 70, 80 degree weather, I think, before we see uh, a a clear change with Michael King. Um, And then in general, just the the legwork. He needs work under him. He hasn't pitched consistently since last July. Um, It was a pretty, in my opinion, traumatizing injury. 
um, when he threw that pitch, you knew something really bad happened. He probably, he obviously felt it. Um, so I think maybe that fear getting, getting, uh, buried in the back of his mind as he gets a little bit more comfortable on the mound can probably play a role. Um, so I'm not worried yet. Uh, it's, is it the greatest sign? No, but I think most people should be aware that there are bullpen hiccups because people need to get over injuries. People need to build up their arm strength. People need to get beyond the cold. So, uh, check back in with me, uh, in, at the end of the month. Yeah. And the Yankees have afforded themselves the ability to have us check back in with them at some point yes, down the line by starting by starting pretty well and having a pretty deep bullpen. Uh, Ron Marinaccio's looked better than expected. Albert Abreu's looked better than expected. Mm, I'm not yeah. not going to go ahead and sign off on that quite yet, but it's true. Ian Hamilton, true. Colton Brewer, both good cameos. So, uh, you know, you got to keep it. And we were, I was down on Clay Holmes after one outing. His next two outings, pretty damn good. Uh, you know, everything can turn on a dime. If that three, two pitch to Castellanos is ruled down, it's a leadoff walk. He's got to battle back in the winter. Who knows? Um, yeah, every reliever deserves a little bit of a longer leash. It's just, it's fair that Michael King is getting asked these questions now because he saw what peak Michael King looked like. He started off the spring hot. He got a bunch of puff pieces written about him in March and we're all rooting for the comeback because when they lost him last year, their season pretty much ended. Um, in the same way that weird, but when they lost Mike Talkman at Fenway in September, 2019, that pretty much ended that season because then there was no line of defense behind Giancarlo Stanton. Stanton goes down in game one of the ALCS and the season is pretty much over. Uh, he yeah. tries to play through it in camp. So, uh, sometimes one injuries don't kill your season, but sometimes one does. Um, and last year is Michael King with the whole bullpen falling down the ladder after him. And hopefully this year we're going to need uh, to, to eventually see the Michael King we were used to. Uh, one last point to try to solve the Yankees outfield issue. We've been looking at the Cardinals forever. I love the Cardinals. forever. Jordan Walker, uh, Jordan Walker trying to shove his way into the Cardinals outfield picture. He did it. He earns a starting job on opening day. Now the Cardinals even have one more outfielder they have to use. Guess who's not taking it? Well, Tyler O'Neill, and his 34 homers and 148 OPS plus in 2021. Notably, he did that under former Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. That man was replaced by Ollie Marmol. O'Neill saw his numbers dip pretty significantly last year. 228, 14 homers in 96 games. Hurt his hamstring a couple weeks before the Cardinals postseason. Missed it. A couple weeks ago, he was earning praise from his manager in the World Baseball Classic. He was raking. Marmol said... His progress, quote, speaks to what his offseason looked like. I am highly, highly impressed with how he came in physically and with his swing, but more impressed with the mentality. I think we're going to see a different player than last year. Well, game five of the season, he didn't totally hustle on a single to right, got thrown out of the plate. Ali Marmel benched him yesterday, but surely he was at least a little bit cagey about why he did that, right, to protect his players' feelings. Nope. Quote, there's a standard. You don't meet it, you don't play. Great. Cardinals have a lot of outfielders. Tyler O'Neill can't be happy about this. Ali Marmol isn't happy about this. Is this the guy who the Yankees plucked to finally fill out their left field role, which we all know currently doesn't really have an occupant. Oswaldo Cabrera, great. Maybe not a left fielder. Again, you want to see more LeMahieu, Torres in the infield, Stanton at DH moving forward. Maybe O'Neill at DH with Stanton in the outfield. Whatever he brings you, he brings you more than Aaron Hicks does. 
Absolutely. I just don't know who, like, you got to get rid of Hicks in this scenario. Franchi Cordero would be gone. Um, you're trading a pitcher, which would affect the bullpen slash starting rotation. Um, I like Tyro, Tyler O'Neill a lot. I think he's, you know, five-tool-esque. Um, I don't know why he's kind of fallen out of favor in this manner in St. Louis. I know he had a, he, he had a tough uh, 2022. Was he injured? He was injured last year a little bit. That knock him off course or he just had a streak? Yeah, he was he was bothered by some minor injuries that didn't he wasn't on the field as consistently as I think he'd hope to be. Um, but I mean, this feels like a more powerful Harrison Bader. Um, it'd be weird if we're just acquiring the Cardinals outfield um, and the Cardinals are acquiring our pitching staff. Um, I'm not against it. I think if there's a situation where someone's getting someone's getting alienated like that. Uh, because all the dream candidates that we like, number one being Ian Happ, uh, teams don't want to trade them. They want to see what they have in them. Um, if there's a, if there's a clubhouse problem um, stemming from whatever O'Neill did that that threw the manager off or or didn't uh, or he didn't deem that appropriate behavior, um, then that could expedite the process. Um, that's going to take quite a bit of roster shuffling, though, and I, I don't know how you get anybody off the roster outside of DFAs. Um, and the Yankees aren't doing that. The Yankees are going to find train candidates. They're going to try to unload some of the money um, until they're until they've reached the tippy tippy top of the boiling point. Um, so maybe fans apply, apply a little bit more pressure about Aaron Hicks, and then we get an outright release. I don't know, um, but yeah, I think this would be cool. It adds more athleticism to the roster. Um, he steal he could steal bags. He could be a threat on the base paths. Um, he's he he has good instincts in the outfield. Uh, makes the team better. I do get a little worried, though, about that taking playing time away from Oswaldo Cabrera. Um, I know we don't have the most favorable left field situation. Um, I've been on the record saying a million times, I don't think we need surefire all-stars or you know above-average players at every single position or like the most natural player at that position. Um, I think there's key positions where you need that. You need that in center. You need that at shortstop. Um, you probably need that at second base. Um, but left field is kind of the one where it's like, all right, if you could play outfield, you could probably play left field at a, at a, at a you know, in a, in a decent manner, um, and not cost your team games and, and not be a liability. So, uh, my only worry is acquiring a player of that caliber, kind of squeezing Oswaldo Cabrera out. Um, especially if looking at, um, DJ LeMay playing more infield under this situation where Donaldson might be injured, um, because then you have IKF who might be more valuable at third base in that, in that scenario. If we need, if somebody needs to fill in. So I don't know, again, check back with me in May. I want, I want to use the month of April where people are at and, and how everything's going. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we still need a bench though. Aaron Hicks yeah. and IKF and, and backup catcher and Frangie Cordero is not doing it for me. So I don't want Cabrera to lose playing time, but if I do end up with a bench that features either Cabrera or Tyler O'Neill every day, plus IKF, or, you know, it's, it's not quite as bad as it, as it is right now. Um, hopefully we'll see. I, yeah. I mean, again, they're, they're not going to make a move on this till at least May. They need to get their pitchers back. The Cardinals need pitching. Um, I wonder if this is not the Clark Schmidt destination. Mm. We've talked about Clark Schmidt to the Cardinals before. Um, and he keeps sort of just treading water on the mound for the Yankees. I don't know if he's a fresh start candidate. They liked what they got in Jordan Montgomery last year. I think they made better use of him than we would have. Maybe if Johnny Brito continues to be special 
if Rodon works his way back to the rotation, they entertain trading Clark Schmidt and like a Drew Thorpe type to the Cardinals for Tyler O'Neill. But again, you can't do that until you get some of your real starters back. Yeah, that's true. Um, and they, they need to, I think they need to kind of see what they have in Schmidt. I, I also don't think Schmidt right now is, would be, would even be a viable trade candidate for someone like Tyler O'Neill. I think the Cardinals would probably, um, hold him in higher regard than that. Um, so the Yankees need to see how this play plays out and they can't be dishing from the pitching staff this early because you don't know what Michael King's situation is. You don't know if Tommy Canley's rehab is actually going to go well. Everything's okay right now. Michael King's still working through some stuff, but you never know what's going to happen. No, you don't. But it's just something to keep track of, especially if he keeps getting squeezed out of the Cardinals' yeah. plans. Yep. That is a, that's it. That's a wrap on this recap episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Uh, Thomas, we got the Jonas Brothers in the booth. I missed that. Uh, for the worst game of the season so far. Did you did you catch that or you miss it? I didn't catch it. Um, I've been meaning to watch uh, the clips of it, so I guess I'll have to do that after this. Not great. Um, you know, big uh, supporter, fan. Um, I'm glad that, uh, you know, glad they were able to, to get cool. that opportunity yeah, to live out their dream, but. Uh, they they let him do play-by-play. It's a lot of very non-specific. It was like the 3-2 to the batter. It's in the center field, and there it goes towards the glove. It will be caught. They were almost eh, it's a little mockery in there. Little, it was Bob Jonas Brothers the ALDS. Yeah, a little, little Jonas Brothers snark. It was, I think uh, a lot of people saying that they were better than Beltran. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to go that far. Yeah. Um, is there a musical artist that you would like to hear do play-by-play that has not gotten the chance yet? Um, because I would like to hear Ozzy Osbourne do it, and I will not rest until he gets to live out the Jonas Brothers dream. That would be incredible. My, the first two that come to mind are I would love to hear Eminem do a Tigers game, uh, just because mm-hmm. you know you know the frustration would be there uh, because of how bad the Tigers are and how you know how ingrained he is into the Detroit community. Um, second would be Machine Gun Kelly. I don't know if you remember the celebrity softball game when it was in Cleveland that one year, um, and he hit that inside the park home run. Um, and then like a year later, he, uh, told everybody he was on acid when he was playing that game. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe, um, uh, maybe drop some acid, get in the, get in the broadcast booth and let's hear a game on national TV. Could be fun. Could be more fun than the K rod cast, uh, (laughs) friends of the show, the K rod cast. I want to hear the strokes to a subway series game too. Uh, Julian Casablancas wrote the song Ode to the Mets yeah. after watching the Mets lose the 2016 wildcard game, uh, which is a crazy thing. And that song has nothing to do with the Mets and does not mention the Mets in the lyrics mm. once. Um, it's Just a weird a band part. full of weird guys. But I'm more interested in seeing them in the booth than the Joe Bros. Uh, though I, I will probably, I think I'm probably going to go to the concert at Yankee Stadium. Uh, August 12th, Jonas okay. Brothers live. Okay. Um, am I a fan? No. Do I think that would be fun? Yeah. 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 I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm just not a fan. Um, But uh, I think I'm probably going to go. Well, if you uh, have a better idea than what we were able to come up with, and uh, if you have the recording of the Jonas Brothers on with John Sterling, that would be great, too, because the radio went down for a lot of people. They we see the I've seen the picture with John and Susan, but I have yet to hear a single clip of John being like, year 3000. That's a good song or whatever. Like, I don't know what they (laughs) talked about. Um, so you're married to Priyanka Chopra. Like, I don't know what they talked about. Um, I would love to know. 
so please uh, let us, uh, if you have that recording, hit us up. But if you got a better idea, leave it in the comments of our videos. Leave it in a please. review. Drop us five stars only. No fewer than five stars, but also no more than five stars. That's how it works. Pretty good, yeah. uh, pretty good system they got there. Make sure to subscribe to us. We are typically live Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern, going in way early today because we got a lot of shuffling the deck to do. Mm-hmm. And an unexpected Yankees off day. We would have loved to have led right into a 3 o'clock Orioles home opener, but no chance could not do that. Uh, but we'll be back normal time next week. Same place, same channel, and we recommend you hit that subscribe button, like the video if you haven't. Check out the promo if you haven't. The special DraftKings promo is in the comments. The code is YanksGoYard. Bet $5 on any sport, $150 in bonus bets. If your bet wins, full terms at DraftKings.com or below in the comments. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinerb. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinerb. Thomas Carinante. Where can the people, if they're looking for you and not me, they're not going to find you at Adam Weinerb. Where, where would they yeah. find you? They'll find me at Tommy's underscore takes. They'll find us in the mystery box on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. You don't know who's tweeting. You better figure it out before you come after one of us. I'll tell you that again. I said it last week at the start of the season. I'm going to tell you again in week two. I'll warn you in April. And then after that, you're on your own. Um, so you can hit us up there. Head on over to YanksGoYard.com. You can find our bylines there. We got plenty of content coming out. As usual, you guys have been great reading, commenting. Keep it going. We're building the community. Um, And until then, we'll talk to you on Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern live. Have a great weekend. Let's go, Yanks. Let's take care of the O's. If you are a gray blob arguing on Twitter with the Yanks Go Yard account about whether or not booing Aaron Hicks on opening day was cool or not, I'll give you a hint. That's me. Say it to my face, <laughs> you gray blob. I have a picture on my Twitter account. You are a gray blob. Come at me. Come after me again. I don't make the ground rules. I just tell you what I don't like, and I don't like that. You can do whatever you want. I think it's embarrassing. You keep doing it. I just don't like it. But until next time, make your choice. Go to the Twitter account. See who you're dealing with. Uh, we'll throw down, or we'll have a good chat. Sometimes people just have nice things to say. A lot of the time, they want to fight you and they brought a knife. Uh, But until next time, go Yankees. See you next week. Let's beat the Orioles a couple times. How about that? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.